Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Hi, my name is Chris Hansen. Thanks so much for joining us. Welcome to Karate Unity Live broadcast. I'm the founder of Karate Unity, a social media platform here on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram. You can also find me at karateunity.ca. I bring you martial arts content focused on functional karate and cross-training in other arts and combat sports. The goal here is to unify, to build martial community, to bring together all martial arts and combat sports. We are doing similar things in my opinion, and my mantra has always been, let's find similarity in our differences. The whole purpose of me putting together Karate Unity is so that we can train not in isolation, but train from each other, as I believe there's so much to learn across different styles and systems, along with combat sports. A special shout out to Ken Knight of Kenfu TV. That is the name of his YouTube channel. Um, check him out on that channel. He's been my technical uh, backbone for supporting me with my socials. This podcast wouldn't be possible if it weren't for his programming support. So thank you so much, Ken. There we go. All right, next up, we have a special guest, a prominent international karate influencer and karate resource. He has built a comprehensive website, ianabernathy.com, uh, a karate cell phone app, uh, applied karate bunkai app, um, and he can be found in all socials, YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook. He's the author of several books, one of which I own, the uh, Bunkai Jitsu one. I highly recommend that one. Um, and Mental Strength. He's, he's hit the international seminar circuit too, spreading, uh, spreading his holistic and versatile approach to practical karate. So here we go, ladies and gentlemen, Ian Abernathy. Good morning. Morning. How are you doing? How are you? How's everything? Good, thank you. Yeah. But I'm in the car because the house is too noisy because the kids and my neighbors just started cutting his grass. <laughs> so if there's a oh. slight hum in the background, that's what it is. Yeah. It's all good too. And my apologies yeah. too. There's there's going to be, uh, I'm in my house right now um, and I have my family here, but I, I tried to, I told them about this event. So um, they're going to do the best <laughs> they can. And my daughter might video bomb this at some point. <laughs> she, she has a habit of popping in, which is all good. But uh, all right. So for those of you who don't know, uh, Ian Abernathy right here, right beside me. Ian, if you could kindly just maybe uh, say a few things about yourself and um, tell us about some of the uh, contributions that you've done uh, for the martial arts world. Go ahead. <laughs> right, well, I, I, um, so my name's Ian Abernathy, I'm 49 years old, uh, born in uh, Manchester. The whole family from Cumbria, just under the Scottish border. So I've lived here for all but three of, yeah, years of my life. Uh, started karate at 11 years old, uh, and the bug bit, realised this is my thing, this is what I want to be good at. Um, I suppose the reputation I've developed like from the 2000s, I wrote my first book, was looking at the traditional martial arts uh, as applied to uh, modern day um, self-defence. So I've, I've written about that, produced quite a few DVDs on it. The app is probably the most pro prolific thing I've done. Thousands of hours of content in there. And as you say, I travel, or did, <laughs> at all this yep. hit. I did travel uh, quite a lot uh, teaching as well. It's quite all over US, Canada, all over Europe, Australia too. Right on. Mm. Um, okay, hold on. Okay, cool, cool. I, I uh, oops, I, I'm sorry. I'm just looking at, a, at an error message here. Uh, okay, we're, we're back. We, we got dropped for a second, but... Uh, I think we're back now. 
But um, Amen. yeah, I uh, I've been I've been wanting to join uh, some of your seminars, and it's just the timing has just been off. But next time you come to Toronto, I'll definitely definitely be there. And um, I'm planning to to go to the UK next year and, and visit some friends and and perhaps do a seminar. I, I don't want to announce anything yet because of this whole situation, but uh, the plan is to come to the UK next year. So we'll definitely connect. Um, yeah, yeah, that'd be good. It'd be lovely to meet in person. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, from your, from just to tell you, like your ianabanati.com um, website, um, I, I'm really impressed with the way you've organized it. Um, and also, I mean, it's been, that has uh, made me uh, contact with so many of my good friends now. Um, like I think 10, 10 years ago, maybe a little longer, um, I, I met, uh, well, actually I met Jamie Club uh, before that, mm -hmm. but Jamie and I got in touch more through your website. And then John Titchen, I met John Titchen through your website. All, all of the, all of the uh, links to pretty much uh, Ian's stuff and, 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 and my materials and this and that will all be in this video. Um, it's going to be published as a YouTube live stream uh, as one big package. Um, I guess it's going to be about an hour long uh, worth of, uh, of footage here. So it'll all be there available to you on YouTube. Um, and then I'm also going to give Ian, Ian a copy of this video too for him uh, for his, his – uh, uh, editing or, or just just to keep for a keepsake. Okay, so Chris Wilder, he asked me this question, um, and he opened with this, um, and I'm gonna open uh, open this way to, to Ian. So here we go, Ian. What room in your house brings you the most happiness, and why? <laughs> uh, if I, the, the place that I like to relax in the most is the shed, which would have been the other thing for this. I have a shed in the garden. Uh, there's no electricity in the shed. Um, it's so that I can't take the device in with me. It's a, just a nice place to relax and gather my thoughts. But strictly speaking, that's not in the house. If it's in the house, then the place would be my, my daughter's bedroom because we often play in there. So, you know, imagine we're climbing mountains and rocket ships and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah. This, uh, this tool shed thing seems to be a... Uh, seems to be a, a what's it a, a thing now because Andy Allen actually likes his shed too. So I wonder if you influenced him or he influenced you. I don't know if you've seen uh, Andy's I, shed. His shed's like a house. Yeah, mine isn't. I, I think it's just one of these men of a certain age need a shed. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. And yeah, and we've talked about that too uh, in in private messages when you were telling me about your shed. I uh, I can't say mine is the shed because it's it's pretty cooped up in there and it's hot. And it's, it's stacked with stuff. So definitely not the shed for me. But um, <laughs> all right, great. Next question. Um, why karate? Like of, of all these other arts out there, how come you chose karate? I'd love yeah, to know your journey. Yeah, no, I didn't really. I, I, I decided that I wanted to learn uh, martial arts, but I hadn't quite decided on which one. Interestingly, my, my, my vague idea originally was I want to do judo and karate. So I had this idea of trying to do a bit of both. But there was a, a friend of mine um, uh, that I went to school with who trained at a karate club. So when I decided and I, I really was going to go along to a class, I, I asked uh, Martin, you know, where does that you train? So I went along to his club. He, if he had done jujitsu, I'd be doing jujitsu now or kung fu. I'd be doing. It just so happened that I knew a guy who went to a karate class. I went there and I, I enjoyed that class, you know. And then years later, his children just started training with me. So it's funny how this cycle goes, you know. But um, that's all it was. I, I didn't sit down and plan it or pick them all out. I just I knew I wanted to do some form of martial art. A friend of mine, I knew, was already doing them. So I said, what are you doing and where? And I went along. I was just really lucky that it happened to be a really good club. 
So as a result of that, you know, I stayed there and, well, forever. <laughs> this was, and and what, style, what style was that that you started in? Yeah, it was Wado. So in this part of England, so like northwest, you tend to get this thing where like original instructors set up camp and then pretty much everybody in that area is a student of theirs or a student of a student of theirs. So in this part, there was two main uh, Wado instructors, one being Doug James, who was my instructor, the other one being a guy called Walt Seaton, also a very well-respected instructor. So if you wanted to do karate in this part of the world, and it's pretty much still the same to this day, really, um, you're going to be doing someone with a, with a well, a, a Wado background, even if they're not doing um, pure classical Wado. So. Nice, nice. And um, I'm, I'm assuming you were young, like maybe uh, 10, less than 12 years old when you started? Yeah, I think, I think 11, I think. You know, was 11, oh, okay. So they're, they're, they're or thereabouts, based on the school year. I can't remember the exact date, but it was about there. Yeah, 11, yeah, nearly I, 12. I started around the same. I started as 10, 10 years old. Yeah. And uh, what, uh, so I guess this, this question, I was going to ask you about your favorite part of karate, but uh, um, I'm sure... I'm sure I'm, I'm going to assume that there's pretty much everything, right? But um, <laughs> I guess, I guess let, let me rephrase. Um, well, I'm going to ask it anyway. Your favorite part about karate and what keeps you consistent? What keeps you driven? What keeps it part of your life? You know, yeah. um, I, I'm interested in knowing that too because I'm sure we'll share a lot of similarities there. So go ahead. If you mean part as in which component do I enjoy the most, you'd be completely yes. right. That I, 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 which I, I, aspect? Yeah, I'd struggle with that. So if you went, like, do you like sparring most or kata most or bag work most? It's difficult because I enjoy all of them for different things. But the thing I do enjoy about karate is that it is multifaceted. There are all these different elements to it. So as so someone who's got a relatively short attention span, the fact that there's, there's a, a lot of it you can go at, there's a lot you can improve at, there's a lot of it you can explore, that's what I really like about it. It's very multifaceted. I can work on self-defense techniques, outsparring another person, throwing, kicking, punching, fitness and conditioning, history, art. There's just so many different elements to it that, that I find um, it's just got a beautiful, deep texture. And I think that's what keeps me going. There's always something new to learn. I learn something new every week. Yeah. And that's, that's, one, thing, that's one thing that's really refreshing to see. Uh, the whole idea, I want to just capitalize on that. You learn something new every week. I'm telling you right now, just that alone shows, uh, you know, maturity. It shows a growth mindset. I mean, I, trust me, I, I wasn't like that before. Like, I want to be honest, like, I'd say about maybe tw 25 to 30 years ago, I, I was kind of stuck in just, just technical development and just, you know, just, I was just in my lane, you know, but, but, you know, it, it's amazing that the, the people that you meet along the way, and in particular, one of my senseis, Vic Arnold, he's passed away now. He's just, he just says, listen, man, if you, if you, the only way you're going to find something is if you're looking for it. Right. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I, it's so simple, right? So, I mean, I'm, I, I, I'd like to maybe pick your brain on that. Like the fact that you're saying, um, you know, you learn something new every week. I'm assuming that you're doing that because your mind is open and you're looking for new things. Is it? Yeah. I, I, there's definitely that element to it. I want my karate to get yeah. better. I think yeah. that there are some who get to a certain point where they, they take a comfort in thinking they know it all. You know, yeah. It, yeah but but I, I've never liked, I, I've always likened it to like um, your favorite TV show. You know, so like when it ends, there's almost that sense of disappointment. Oh, I was really enjoying that. Well, I, I don't want 
karate to do that for me. I don't ever want to think I've done it. Yeah, so I, the fact that there are so many elements to it is, is what I really like about it. You know, we do get some people like, oh, I've learned all the katas. I know everything there is to know. You know, yeah. I always put Utsuka. So I started in Wado. Utsuka was the founder of Wado. In his book, he talked about Nahanshi Kata. This guy was a yep. master grade in jiu-jitsu before he even took up karate. So a really experienced martial artist. And he was talking about Nahanshi, short of kata we do. And he said, there is something profoundly deep about this cat that it will take more than a lifetime to master. So a guy who's a master in two separate arts, it says the shortest cat he knows will take more than a lifetime to master. So anyone who thinks they know it all, you know, you don't. Oh, no, <laughs> no, I hope you sure, lose your sure. of comfort, but you don't. You know? yeah, exactly. Exactly. I mean, I, I'm, I'm willing to say, I mean, uh, that what I don't know can fill the cu- can fill a couple of galaxies. You know what I mean? And, and it's, and it's simply because of experience, man. Like, you know, um, I, I travel and train uh, internationally and locally, and um, I'm blessed to meet some amazing people that just simply humble me on the mat, you know? Mm. Um, and, and uh, you know, when, when you like, like, for instance, like really quickly, I trained uh, 14 years in Sharonru, and then it, in the mix, I, I, I think I spoke to you about this. I'm not sure. Um, I met a, a JKD guy who was a boxer, and he just lit me up. Uh, in 30 seconds, I was just done, and I had to. That that really really changed my karate because it yeah. it it brought in it brought in um you know um alive elements and things like that. And so anyway, I, this is not about me. This is about you. So I just wanted to ask you. Um, okay, so I think we we can all say, guys, that that we're watching here, that uh, if you've been in karate for a, at least a couple of years, let's say maybe let's just say you reach your 10 year mark. At some point in time, you're going to reach a training plateau, and I, I know I have. And what I mean by plateau, a training plateau could be experienced by by anyone really. But for me, a training plateau would be, you know, a situation where you know you put in you put in a lot of time and effort, you put in all your reps, you you you're you're so familiar with your curriculum that you're kind of getting bored and uh, unmotivated. So um, I've reached that stage many times. And I'm, I'm not going to share with you how I've broken out of it. Uh, maybe I'll talk about it after. But Ian, I'd like to know, you know, have you reached the training plateau at some point? And if so, how, how, what does that mean to you? And how have you transcended that? Yeah, so I, I, I think that was more of a thing that used to happen. Um, I, I obviously, you know, I, I don't mean I'm continuing improving at a rate. But I, I, in, in the past, I'll reach points where training is, this isn't fun anymore. I don't feel I'm progressing anymore. I'm not enthused about it. Um, and for me, I think if you've got the motivation, then that, that's a luxury. What you really need is a self-discipline. If you just keep going, you'll invariably keep making improvements. But what I, what I try and do is when I start to get that feeling of I'm not enjoying this, you think, okay, well, how can I switch my training up so I start enjoying it again? And, and again, I think that's a wonderful thing about Christ. So let's say I, I've, I've been doing a lot of bag work and I start to find it a bit monotonous, right? I'm going to go work my grappling a bit more and I'll ease back on the bag work that little bit. Or if I've been exploring a particular cutter and I feel I'm getting a bit stale with it, okay, I'll leave that one. I'll come back to it in two weeks. I'm going to go and move away and do something else. So I, yeah. for me, it's, it's just trying to keep moving around. So I'm going forwards, but not always in the same lane. Yeah, I I, uh, I just want to just point something out that I really like, uh, that, that I've... I've uh... Just taking that break to me is, is a great solution. So what I'm getting from your answer is like, you know, how you shuffle things around and you come back. I, I, I think like I, I didn't, no one told me that. I just kind of did it by mistake. And it's kind of like, uh, it's kind of like writing too. Like I, I, uh, I'm a school teacher and I teach one of the subjects I teach is uh, literature and language uh, to elementary school uh, 
students here in Toronto, Canada. And I, I always tell my guys, you know, when we're writing, I say, look, sometimes you'll get a writer's block, right? So jot down what you're thinking at the time and just take a break from it. Just let life happen, go off and do your thing. And then when you come back, you, you revisit it with a fresh lens, you know? Um, and trust me, some magical, magical things happen when you come back and take a break. Uh, when you take a break and come back from it, you just, you're refreshed. So, I mean, do you feel the same way with your karate? Yeah, I do. Yeah, definitely. You know, and the, the nice thing about it is because it's all interrelated. So say, for example, I, I'm getting bored of doing kata. So I, I decide, you know, I'm enjoying bug work. I'll do a little bit more of that than I have been doing. Well, well I, while I'm doing that bug work, I'm still working on my explosiveness and the movement. So when I go back to the kata, the explosiveness that the bug work has developed will improve the kata. You know what I mean? So, so it, it's all kind of intertwined anyway. It's not like if you put something to one side, you suddenly stop improving on that thing. And I think it's like, like in physical training, you know, they always advise that if you're training in one very specific way repeatedly, it, it can limit your training. You know, they always talk about confusing the body, you know, and I think you've got to do the same thing mentally as well. Just keep mixing up that little bit, but you've still got those central threads that you're progressing along. You know, so it's got to be fun. If it's right. not fun, people won't do it. You know, I mean, you, you, you can push through for, for a while, but, but at some point there's got to be, yeah, I enjoyed that. And if, you, if you're missing that, you've got to find how we're going to get that back. Yeah. yeah, no, for sure. I mean, uh, I, I see that in, in I see that in the school in the school environment I'm in right now. I mean, kids kids are kids are hooked on things that they have fun with, and you know we're we're basically given specific directives to um, make the curriculum entertaining. Uh, you know, um, and I mean, you know, without watering it down, of course. But uh, yeah, you know, it, that engagement piece is important. I think for all assets of. Uh, activities and definitely the martial arts so now yeah, sure, one, one, point, one, yeah totally agree one of my instructors had a great phrase where he said uh, and he was an excellent teacher and he said he said uh, a good teaching is is 80 training 20 percent entertaining you know <laughs> which, which i always really liked you see so the, the seminars you know people know i'll do this i'll start telling stories and jokes and stuff they've yeah. all got a point but but rather than just illustrate something in a dry way if you can make it fun yeah, people enjoy yeah. it more and they get the information. And I think for martial artists, sometimes we're so serious that we, that we don't want to admit that we enjoy what we do. I mean, you know, it's um, no, no. We've got to stand there looking all dour and serious. You know, we can smile, oh, we can yeah. have joy, and still take it seriously and make progress. You know, it doesn't need to be boring. Oh no, I totally agree. And I mean, and when you do that too, it it gives that human element to everyone. You know, it breaks the ice and. You know, we, we call, we, in, in the education world, like we, we call it, well, not only the education world, you've heard the term icebreakers, right? So, I mean, these are, these are great icebreakers, you know, for, for everyone. It just levels the playing field. I mean, it, it's got to be that way, man. I, I find, you know, when you teach that way uh, and when you go to seminars where people are doing that too, it just makes you want to come back. It makes you want to go back to your own practice and, and just keep playing too, right? I mean, um, oh, yeah. for sure. So the next thing uh, I, I wanted to I wanted to talk about some of your products and some of the things that you're doing. Um, I uh, so the the first thing is I, I really like your website and I, I've spoken to you about that before. I've been uh, my apologies I haven't been as active. There was one point I don't know if you remember like about at least at least ten years ago I was really active on there and putting all kinds of stuff on there. Um, and I had a I had a YouTube channel too way back called Real Martial Arts, um, yeah. but um, I took it down because. Uh, you know, it, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a touchy thing. Like, 
me being in the public in the public light as a school teacher, you get a lot of student trolls, and uh, you know um, they they come on on there and you know they twist things around and they <laughs> they take pictures of, of snapshots of you and like you know and manipulate things. It's like crazy. So it's nuts, man, being a teacher and doing this. And so I'm taking a risk even just doing this stuff. But I I make a really conscious effort, you know, to to keep things clean and you know I I don't I don't really swear on here and I don't talk about anything bad and you know so. But anyway, your website was amazing um, back in the day. And then I've seen, and that, that I think I remember. Oh, so by the way, the, the website is ianabernathy.com. Okay. Mm -hmm. I, I believe you have a, pre, uh, a suffix, a uh, .co.uk. Yeah, .co.uk, um, yeah. So the .com will yeah. guide you to the .co.uk, the works. Yeah. Correct, yeah. yeah. I, I tested that out. <laughs> but um, <laughs> I'll, I'll put the links in, in, in the description b below, guys, and I'll mention it throughout the, this discussion. But yeah, so um, I find... Uh, a huge evolution in, in that website. Like you've changed, it's changed since the last 10 years and it's just gotten better. Um, I noticed uh, it, it's, a, it's a great network for information and it's super organized with uh, all the different categories. Um, if you can just tell us a little bit about your website and, and some of the features on there that you know, we would benefit from, go ahead. Yeah, well, the, the um, yeah. So I'm not taking credit for anyone's work. I, I am not the most technically gifted of people. Well, my iPad failed in the first thirty seconds of being online. So there, there's your proof, right? And and my my web guy, uh, Richard uh, Richard Bard's a good friend of mine. Richard has said I'm the world's best beta tester. Chris, who does my app with me, tells me the exact same thing. So the the layout of the app, uh, the the uh, website was all Richard Barnes's thinking. You know, so way back when when he built it. We talked about it, and he was the guy who kind of laid it all out. So all these sections on articles and podcasts and videos and stuff. But I, but I think the most useful part is the, the, the forum, because there's a good community of yes. people around there. And the, 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 we set from the start, I said, I want this to be like um, how people will conduct themselves, hopefully conduct themselves, within the dojo. So they can laugh and joke, and they can disagree, and they can debate things. But I didn't want any name calling, anybody getting heated. Any, any yep. of that immature stuff that the internet is rife with, we're just not having it. And I, oh, yeah. I'm just, I've just not. Are you still there? I've seen, I can take the point. I've just there we go. There we are. Yeah. Sorry about yeah, we're that. Good, we're, good. we're good. Yeah. So, so he um, uh, and because we've had that ethos, then the people who tend to join tend to have already bought into that idea. So we've only had to kick yeah. a handful of people off in all the time we've been doing it. So anyone, I don't welcome. mean to cut you. Yeah, I don't mean to cut you. Can you like either position your phone so it's uh, okay, hold on, right? Okay, no, 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 no. Hold on, one second. Uh, move. <laughs> no, now you're off the screen. You're off the screen. Um, one second. Maybe there's something. Hold on, there's something I can do. One second. Let me just let me just jump in there and. That, that, that's because uh, the Twitter notification came up and I, and I went to knock it off. So I'll keep my hands oh, we're good. Myself. We're good. Thanks, Ken. Yeah. Ken, Ken, Ken just fixed you. Ken fixed Thank you. Thank you, Ken. Ken is a rock star. Okay? <laughs> Check out Ken Food TV. Ken Knight. Check him out. He's, he's, he's awesome. He's, he's the backbone behind this. So thank you, Ken. So yeah, you're, you're looking good now. You're back on the screen. I'm going to transition no you. Perfect. Awesome. Woohoo. So, so, so right. for the forum, let's go ahead. We have um, the, the number of readers eclipses the number of contributors. So, um, but it is, it is very popular, you know, with uh, yeah. with people who read it. Because, again, there's that many really good people who've just gravitated around it, share ideas, upload videos. You know, it's it's, it's great. I learned loads. Oh, no, for form. sure. No, for sure. I, I, I can testify to that. Um, I'm not just saying that. I, I'm, I'm a product of that because I, 
you've you've you uh, you've invited me along with tons of others to and promoted all of our stuff. And I mean, uh, I think it's safe to say that the the forum um, is 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 great as everyone else being in there, right? Um, yeah, yeah, so, definitely. Yeah, the lovely, lovely community um, that's, that's formulated around it. And a nice mix of people as well. People who've trained for years, people who've not been training yeah. for long. But that dialogue tends to produce really good content, I find. So it's yeah. always and, uh, you know, one, one of my favorite things. Love reading it. Yeah, and like me too. Uh, now, now that we're speaking, it's going to give me more motivation to get on there some more. <laughs> but um, it's like uh, my big thing about these these forum things is this respectful talk and and you know, moderate, like, I, I, I hope that you don't have to uh, moderate out too much negativity, because uh, you're going to get that. I mean, um, I, I've, uh, the, the brief exposure that I've had to, to this online stuff is uh, I, I've, I've, I've hit, I, I've, I've stumbled across haters, and I've stumbled across people not understanding things. So, like, here, here's my question to you. I just didn't really plan this. It just came out. Um, how do you moderate, like, what's your key thing in moderating and keeping, you know, uh, keeping a, a general respectful tone uh, online with your material like that. Like, how do you, yeah. how do you maintain we're, that? We're, we're, we've got a set of rules on there. But, um, yeah. but I, I also think if people stick to the, 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 the topic and they, they have to make a reasoned argument, that makes it polite. So <laughs> I've got nothing on mine. Yeah. It's empty now as well. But we're, 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 when people simply do that thing of... Um, uh, you're wrong and you're an idiot and you know i'm right and it's it, it's a pointless conversation so i always like the dialogues where you've got two people who fundamentally disagree but if they disagree respectfully i think that the content that's produced from that is often very useful no matter what conclusion you ultimately reach so so the thought has always been is, yeah yeah the, the, yeah the thought has always been is this needs to be useful for a reader and, and i've had the, the the same philosophy away from my website as well so on youtube and everywhere else when i'm writing if i'm having a discussion or a debate with somebody if i'm thinking that you know we, we're, we're acting in a very friendly way and we're just kind of disagreeing on points but the information that's coming out is useful then that's great. The only time I ever got an enough is when they start to kind of it gets too. personal yeah. or heated or illogical. Yep. Uh, no, I I uh, totally agree. I I picked up on the disagreeing respectfully. I mean that to me the, the whole character piece is, speaks speaks uh, millions. You know, like I, I as a school teacher, you know, I that that's a big part of part of uh, uh, my how can I say. It's part of my teaching, and it, it ca carries over to the martial arts too. I mean, the whole, you know, everyone's gonna everyone's gonna see something in their way, rightfully so, because just because we all have different backgrounds and upbringings and this this and that. And I think, you know, uh, you know, your forum um, um, promotes that respectful sharing and collaboration. So, right on. Well, that's, Keep that's, it going. that's the game. I, I think for so, sometimes as well. In my mind, you can respectfully disagree. In some people's yeah. minds, the, the fact that you disagree is disrespectful. You know what I mean? It's almost like cult-like yeah. thinking, you know, which you see too much of in the martial arts as well. So, and, and I sometimes find myself on the receiving end of that. People go, oh, oh, you're not very respectful. I think, no, I have been respectful. I mean, I've said this. I've been, I've been online now for year dot, right? There's 20 years worth of material I've put out. I, I would challenge anyone to find anything where I've ever said anything negative about any individual. It's not there. Yeah. I've never done it. Now, I've said that I think ideas are bad and, 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 and impractical and illogical, and I've explained why. I haven't just thrown it out. 
but but I, I, yep. I never get to the level of of, of debate and like because to me it's just bad debate anyway as well as being bad manners. Yeah, no, for yeah. sure. Um, and you know what, you you capture you capture more people that way. Um, you build your network, uh, in my opinion. You know, when when you're honest and open and and just basically allow for people's voice to be heard. And like you know, my 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 take is is this. You know, everyone's going through some sort of uh, struggle. You know, with with themselves, with uh, someone else, with the relationships, with work, and, and you know, I, I think we just need to level that playing field just by telling, telling everyone, look, man, I got you. I understand. Uh, I respect what you're going through. And, um, and you know, I respectfully agree to disagree and, you know, um, and if you, I, you know, I clearly see you doing that and I'm trying to, I'm trying to, it's not easy though. I'm going to be honest. It's not easy. It's not easy sometimes, you know, to, to maintain that and, and to push that because, you know, emotions get in the way, but, uh, yeah. I, I think, you know, like I'm, I'm 51 now, so I'm a little, a little bit more mature now in the sense that I can, I know enough to pull away from like as soon as I see and feel you know like I'm getting hot or you know if uh, if if I'm if I'm you know the emotions are welling up you know there's a time for timeout and that's when I revisit a I yeah. don't know, I, I, what do you think about that yeah and that, that that's it there must two checks right so I always think is is this debate producing usable content so so anyone reading through it is it useful or is it just regurgitating the same things is it useful content. Yes. The, the, the yeah. other one that, that you realize where um, is if you realize that the other person is at a point where nothing will change their mind. So, you know, so, so you know, you can ask them, you know, is there anything I could say that would change your position on this? And, and if it's no, there is no point in having that dialogue because they're not having a realistic dialogue. They just want to um, demand conformity from you. Yeah. You know, I mean, and my my thing is, is, if I think I have a good idea and I think it'll help people, and I want to share that idea, then the idea has to have its own legs. So I'll present the idea, and then people can take shots at it. And if it survives that, then people go, "That looks like a good idea." You know, yeah. so if, if if other people are scared of doing that, or, or they don't want to do it, or they try and dodge it, that generally suggests to me that their ideas aren't that solid, and they probably know it to a degree as well. But, that, that's, but it's part of it as well. If you put stuff out, you've got to get people who are taking pot shots and you do get people who just love the fact that can emotionally um, get a reaction. Yeah, well, then yeah. that's where the mischievous part of me comes out. And I have to watch that because sometimes I just like to play with that a little bit uh, and, I, and yeah. I shouldn't. So I have to kind of, okay, I'm stepping back here. Just so that you're comfortable, uh, is the temperature in your car okay? Like, do you want to open the window? Is it noisy out there? No, I've got, I've got, I've got a crack in the door and the breeze is okay. perfect. I'm good. Do you have Do you have water? Do you have? Are you hydrated? Yeah, yeah, no, I'm good. So I look like okay, a dog awesome. left in the car. I'm fine. I'll survive. Okay. No, because I can I can basically take over for a bit for you to go get your water or take a break and then we can. Come no, back. no, honestly, there's, there's, I've okay. got the, the door open a little bit. It's fine. I'm good. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, I, Thanks, I'm, thank I'm you okay for thinking of me though. No, no worries, man. I uh, I made sure I was prepared to. Like I, the only thing is I'm drinking coffee, so I might have to go to the washroom. But uh, <laughs> I'm gonna try to hold it. I'm monologue. I'm monologue. Where you go? Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. But um, I've got a kind of like a, a scripted bunch of ideas. But uh, to respect the viewers out there, I'd like to. I've got the feed out right now. I know you can't see that in, but um, what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna look at some of the. And we've got a lot of people on here, so that's good. So thank you so much, guys. Yeah, uh, thanks, everyone. Appreciate it. Yeah. yeah, so some shout-outs. Uh, Les, how, how you doing? Karate Kata Bunkai, how's it going? Uh, John Titchen, uh, uh, Ken Fu TV, Ken Knight. Woohoo! Thanks again, Ken, for being my backbone here, for our backbone here, technical backbone. Um, what's it? Uh, 
Aussie Ninja. Not sure who that is, but um, uh, Brian Bates is on. Hey, Brian. Uh-oh. Terry Gilling. I, I had the pleasure to meet these guys when I came down to see John. I went to I went to the I did a small little seminar there. I don't know if you knew about that. Um, yeah, know, some in, um, yeah, it was pretty. It was pretty nice. You know, when I do these things, it's more of a camaraderie thing. I, I just I like to go out and just meet different people. So it was good fun, and I met all these guys. Some of these guys that were on here, like Brian and Harry, and all these guys. Um, all right, so we have some comments and questions that I'd like to share with you. Um, one of them was from Jerry McLean. I don't know if you remember that name. Uh, Jerry, he's uh, he's got this karate life, I believe. He's got a, a yeah, yeah, yeah. This karate life. Yeah, we met. Yeah, great guy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, good he, guy. he yeah. loves your stuff. He loves your yeah. stuff. I spoke to him. I actually met him. I, I went down to see the karate culture guys in Texas. I stayed, I stayed with Michael there, uh, Michael Aaron. He's the, uh, he's the founder of that organization. And uh, I stayed with him. And then I met, I met, um, I met this gentleman over here. Um, and he has a question. He says, he, he always wondered why uh, you, uh, you never collaborated with Lee Morrison of the combatives world. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. me. This is the thing. Me, me and um, so I'll, I'll, I've got a, I've got a really good photograph which I'll have to share of me and Lee when we were both a lot younger at a BCA yeah. uh, trade course before Lee started throwing out all his material before I did. So I, I've known Lee quite a long time because in the like late nineteen nineties, the British Combat Association courses, uh, I was there and Lee was always there. There was something about his, his presence even even then. So um, we haven't really talked much in in recent years, but uh, I, I, I really like his stuff, you know. So it's um, no reason why, yeah. why I wouldn't. But but again, Lee's doing his thing, and I guess I'm I'm doing mine. But uh, yeah, no, yeah. we have happens. very different styles of delivery, though. I once got a compliment from when I was teaching the US, and someone said, "You're you're the only British guy who never swears a lot on camera." <laughs> So, so, so I thought, I, I wonder who you could be referring to. You know what I mean? So, uh-huh. so. <laughs> uh-huh. yeah. I uh, okay. So that was that one. Um, let's see. I'm scrolling through some here. Uh, uh, Dan, uh, Dan Marino, Daniel Marino. I think you know him because he's met. Yeah, I know Daniel really well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, great guy. We've been collaborating, talking, and this and that. Um, he's a uh, he's a uh, uh, got a good mind and direction on what he's doing. Uh, he says, yeah, uh, podcasting even in, as well. Yeah. yeah. Um, he says here, even in the last five years that I've been involved in the practical karate movement, I've seen a huge increase in the number of people involved. Where, where do you guys think it's all going? So yeah, yeah go ahead. I'll leave, I'll leave that up to you. You can answer. Yeah. I, 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 the, the one thing I'm always mindful of is uh, there's certain things I can watch so I can see, um, like for example, similar like, web traffic increasing and i can see uh followers increasing i can see that that style of content getting more and more popular and i can certainly see when i was traveling on the seminars and stuff you certainly see more people showing up and more requests for them so but but i'm also aware that the danger is of course i'm moving the circles that i'm moving so i I might be getting a slightly skewed view because i spend all my time with practical karate but I'm pretty confident based on the things that I can be sure about. And I think that he's probably right. I think it's been a slow increase, but I think over the last five years or so, it's started to really rocket up. And I've I've always said, you know, I think you give it another five years, providing we're still allowed to train holding one another. (laughs) 
yeah, yeah. <laughs> Virus is permitting um, within, uh, I think within, I think it'll be the mainstream view. I, I hope that in like maybe 20 years, people look back and they go, you know, karate got a little bit weird for a few decades, but it's now back on track and it's back being a, you know, what it should be, respected martial yeah. art, you know. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, thank you for that. Uh, we've got another question for uh, Harry from Harry Harry Gilling. I think you know him as well. Um, I think he's in Brian Brian's uh, club. Um, how how is age? I, I like this question because if you don't mind, I, I I'll I'll answer. I'll, I like to put my two cents in there too at some point. Um, uh, but I, I definitely what what this is definitely catered to you. I think. Um, so how has age changed your training and outlook in the martial arts? Uh, <laughs> recently, <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> um, I've probably been in a state of denial for fifteen years, where where I'm still trying to train like I did when I was in my twenties, yeah. and then what started happening was I started to get uh, uh, shoulder injuries with the ones I started. Yeah. My daughter just walking past the car. Uh, um, oh, yeah, okay. and, and so I, I, over the last maybe twelve months, I've and that's we're talking that recent. It's, it, in the last 12 months or so, I've started to realize, right, when I used to see my body as it was my enemy. So if my body couldn't do something, I will make it do it. Whereas now I'm going to realize that we need a slightly better relationship. So I need to listen yeah. to my body when it talks to me. Otherwise, I'm going to ruin the longevity. So there's certain, I I, I, I listen to my body more. I, I accept that there's uh, this, because I was still chasing personal bests, I set in my 20s, 18 months ago. Yeah. You know, yeah. and realizing that you know, I, I am now very close to fifty. I, I, my my mission now is to be the fittest fifty-year-old I can be. Right I, I'm on, not, brother. I'm not yeah, trying I'm, to be. I'm joining I'm you on that. I'm joining you on that. Ian in his twenties, but the thing is, as well, that yeah. Ian in his twenties wasn't as experienced as me and didn't know as much yeah. as me. So, yeah. so you know, so I still think my my karate overall is better, even though that younger Ian was more physically uh, capable than maybe than, than I am. You know. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, I, but you know, that younger, the younger Ian, I mean, if you didn't have that, 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 uh, that, that spunk, I mean, you wouldn't, you wouldn't be who you are right now. Right. I mean, I, I feel, I feel the same way. Like I, you know, I'm 51 right now. Um, and, uh, injuries, injuries is, uh, is your best friend in a way, because it teaches you a lot of things. Like I, I've done, uh, I've done karate uh, for, for a long time. Currently the home that I'm at right now, like the training, the training place that I, I gravitate more towards is, I, I train out of an MMA gym um, and my coach, he's very holistic. So like he, uh, he, he, he understands my karate background. So it's cool. He adapts a lot of the things that I've done. He doesn't know kata and all that kind of stuff, but he, 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 he really understands biomechanical uh, movement and principles. And it's really cool. He actually helps me with my karate um, mm. through, you know, an MMA format, you know? Um, and, but the thing is in that kind of environment, oh man, like, I, I think I'm the oldest student there. There's guys there that are like, uh, oh man, the, I think the average age there is like 20, <laughs> uh, you know, and I, I'm, I'm sparring guys and training with guys, even just drill sequences with guys that are preparing for fights and this and that. And, oh man, I've learned to pre-tap. I've learned to like tap out early. <laughs> I've learned to like go light. And um, I don't know, um, I, I'd like your opinion on that. Like, you know, in terms of training partners in this and that, you know, at being my agent, or I should say our age, I mean, I pick and choose, now who i want to train with because uh you know like you said like just to point out what you said i like the word you said it's training longevity um i liked how you said that like that's like 
I think martial arts is a, is a, is a marathon, man. So, you know, uh, tr- picking your training partners, I mean, if you would like to talk about that, like I, I pick and choose guys that are not going to hurt me, guys that want to help me grow and vice versa. What's your take on that? Yeah, no, I did the same. I mean, I look at like uh, Peter Constantine is you know, one of my main instructors, mentors. You know, Peter's in his 70s and still super crazy fit, you know, and, and, and it's because he's always trained smart. He trains hard, but but smart, um, smart with it. So it's the same thing. I, I, I can't think of, I don't think, amongst my circle, I haven't got anyone that I wouldn't train with. You know, yeah. so maybe I've, I've just been lucky there. But if I did have somebody who was uh, not able to kind of uh, train safely, then I'm not going to risk busting my knee up because some guy can't control his emotions or his technique or anything like that, you know. I, I, yeah. I want to be doing this till the day I drop. Like Peter Constantine said, he goes, I want to die mid-round house. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a great ambition. I'll share that. <laughs> you uh, actually, since we're talking about Peter Constantine and, and stuff like that, if you could just quickly uh, talk about, say, uh, these two people, I, I wrote this down, Jeff Thompson, Peter Constantine, and the BCA. If you can talk, because I, uh, I, I know that, you know, you've associated and affiliated uh, with them. And if you can tell me, you know, who they are and um, your, uh, the influences they've had on your your training and organization. Yeah, so so that was this was like um, so again we're probably talking like ninety seven, ninety eight, maybe around that kind of time. So late, late, late nineteen nineties. Um, uh, that was when 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 uh, Jeff Thompson was a, a bouncer for ten years in Coventry. He started writing a series of books about how traditional uh, martial arts, martial arts in general, weren't specific enough to deal with the needs of, of self defence. <clears throat> that, that stuff really resonated with me. And him and uh, Peter Constantine set up an organisation called the British Combat Association, which now has a world wing as well, a World Combat Association, which I'm both, which I'm, I'm heavily involved with. So the, 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 those yeah. two guys still very much love the martial arts and all that they give. But, but the emphasis of that group was, if you're going to claim functionality in self-defence, these are the things you need to have in place that most yeah. don't. Uh, so, so Jeff yep. is uh, he's a very successful writer. He's taken a bit of a step back from uh, publicly teaching the martial arts and stuff now. Uh, Peter's still uh, very much um, active. You know, um, he, again, he's the, the head of the BCA, the, the WCA as, as well. And then, then again, that 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 we're talking about the, the shift to the more pragmatic karate. The BCA was originally set up to be a, a self-defense focused group. So I, I joined that while I still had all my affiliations to the karate group. But Peter told me he said um, he says we suddenly realized the membership was what he called disenfranchised traditionalists so it was martial artists who wanted to do things in a more practical way but found the, the, the their own groups were too restrictive so I, I i struggle now to think i can't think of anybody you know that that, that you get that um in the uk who is not part of the bca or, or or a friend of the bcas that's teaching karate of this type you see so we've just all kind of communicated. And that was because of you know, Jeff and uh, Peter kind of, you know, dropped the bomb and I kind of caught the wave that resulted from it, you see. So I was, um, but yeah, I've been hugely influential on, on me and martial arts generally, I think. Yeah, I, uh, I, I came across Jeff Thompson's stuff. I mean, oh my gosh, like about 20 years ago, um, maybe, maybe even longer than that. Um, uh, his whole animal day concepts and all these kind of things. I, I just the methodologies, like I, um, I went through a, a part of my martial art training where I'm going to be honest, guys, uh, in front of the whole world here. I, I, there was a point in my training where 
I thought karate was useless. Um, and, and it's only because, you know, my lack of knowledge and my, uh, I just, I, I was reaching a plateau, as I mentioned earlier. And so I kind of gravitated towards the reality-based uh, stuff, the RBSD world. Um, and I came across Jeff Thompson's work. And um, I don't know if you heard, I think you know this man. He's a, he's a, he's a Canadian man too, uh, Richard Dimitri. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Richard Dimitri. He, don't know him he, personally, uh, but I'm well aware of his, his work, yeah. Right. Yeah. And one of, uh, actually, there was an anthology that, um, oh my gosh, uh, uh, what's his name? Um, the U.S. Oh man, I'm doing a brain fade here. It was it was an anthology. Oh man, it's a red book. It's called uh, Fighters Fact Fighters Fact. Yeah, Lauren Christensen. Lauren Christensen. Christensen. Thank you, thank you, thank you, yeah, thank you. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I have that book. book. I know the book. Yeah, yeah. Yes, you're Lauren in there. Lawrence you're book. in there. Yeah, I'm yeah. the second chapter. My face is getting Correct. stamped on the cover. <laughs> yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. I love that book. I love. Uh, I've got the. I think there's Fighters Fact book one and two, and then there's the solo training series. Um, and, uh, anyway, where was I going with this? Oh man, I lost my train of thought here. Um, You're talking oh, yeah. about Richard and, and, yeah. yeah. Yes. Richard, Richard was in that. Um, and you were in that, um, there were, I think Chris Wilder, I believe was in that, uh, Lawrence Kane, lots of some really cool, cool, uh, material. Um, and, uh, so at that point in my life, I, I kind of went towards the reality based stuff and that's when I, I, I didn't think about Kata anymore. And I just started looking at at the works of these guys. But then, you know, I was look I looked at their backgrounds and I'm thinking, these guys are all karate guys. A lot of these guys are karate <laughs> guys. And they're talking about taking kata as a tool. So I'm thinking, oh man, kata as a tool. I never thought about it that way. I used to think of kata as just like, that's the way to do it. That's, you know, a very stringent, you know, uh, alphabetic kind of way to do it. And, but so, yeah. So, you know, I just wanted to share that with you. Uh, Jeff Thompson, I agree. He's uh, he kind of revolutionized my my thinking, and you know. Well, so um, his, his first book was like a, is it, um, a brilliant book, but it was a series of stories about his time working the door called Watch My Back. And his first yeah. instructional book was one called Pavement Arena. So in that Pavement Arena book, there is a chapter in on cutter and how useful cutter can be. But it's like anything else; it's useful or useless. It can be yep. both. Depends what you yep. do do with it, you know. So I, I think sometimes people go, you know, kata's useless. I go, okay, what do you mean by kata? Because I may agree or disagree. We need to define yeah. terms, you know. Yes, yes. And yeah. I mean, like, since we're talking about kata, I mean, I, I, uh, I you know, I, I don't mean to, like, if, if, I, if I were to say that kata, okay, let me just get to the point. To me, kata <laughs> is kind of like a toolbox, uh, a, a toolbox of, um, how can I say, of keyhones. It's just a bunch of tools. <laughs> And it's, and it's done, it's delivered, it's delivered, downloaded to us, uh, you know, by the masters. Um, it was kind of like the master's internet, so to speak, at the time, their delivery system to get ideas and concepts really out there. Um, and, you know, we don't really have an instructional man manual, really. We're just kind of like, um, you know, at the mercy of our teachers and our own innovation and creativity. And like, um, I know, I know how you train kata because I, I, I see how it is. And it's, I just wanted to share, like, for me, a lot of it is trial and error. A lot of it is, is testing. A lot of it is sparring and live drilling. And sometimes, incidentally, you know, when I, when I um, uh, uh, incidentally, just from cross-training with other people, you know, I find connections to my kata. So, mm -hmm. um, like, for example, when, when I, like, I do a lot of uh, uh, boxing and sabat. 
And those two arts, I, I fell in love with them only because of the delivery system, you know, the striking delivery system, the dynamic footwork, um, and just the, like, so that's boxing. And then the savat for me, I fell in love with because of the rhythms and the timings. And so, you know, yes, it's sport, but, you know, you can easily adapt all of that stuff, um, you know, in a very short range in a self-defense context. So if you can, like, share, share you know, uh, that leads me to my next question, cross-training. What's your, what's your thoughts on cross-training pros and cons? Yeah, I, 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 I think it can be an incredibly useful thing so long as you're aware of what your objective is. So, um, mm. so, so, for, so for example, whenever I've done it, I, I, I have, I've done so fully understanding that I'm doing this art. Um, let, let, okay, so I'll, I'll do the judo. So I went to judo to improve my understanding of throwing to help me improve the throwing that was already present within the, the, the karate. When I go into the judo, I don't want to be that guy who always goes, yeah, but in karate, we would do this. So I would do, you know. Right. So I, I walk in. Okay, I'm, I'm never going to be that guy. So I go, right, I'm going to learn judo. For, for, and I must admit, like, you know, and I can love it. All kinds of stuff. But for example, techniques for the sport of judo, like turning a guy from his belly onto his back. Very important nice. for judo. Irrelevant for anything outside of the world of judo. You know yeah. what I mean? You know, you would never use them. But I still learn all, all of that stuff. And then you go, right, okay, what part of that pot fits with the objectives of the karate? So if I come back to my karate guys and went, look, okay, here's a way we can turn a guy who's his belly onto his back. They go, well, why would we do that? Surely, it's, if it, from a fighting point of view, surely it's better he's on his belly. And from a self-defense yeah. point of view, why am I rolling around with on the ground anyway? If I, if I can control him, I can get up and get out of there, you know. So, so right. cross-training can be useful, but it's not just a matter of taking everything from every source. Yeah, I think you've got to be careful. This is the objective of my training. What yeah. elements can I take from other ones that I can recontextualize into it? And if you can do that, it's massively useful. And it's not just the techniques either. It's training methods and all kinds of stuff. You can gain so much from, from, oh, from no. studying systems, yeah. I, I love how you said that. Like, I was just thinking, you know, so I, if I were to summarize and just add on, I think we need to be surgical in our, in our choices. You know, when we pick, when we pick a particular art to cross train in there, we, you got to know your why. Like, so for, for, for me, I mean, I'm very surgical when I, when I associate or train with, with something, you know, I, I want to know there's a reason for it. I mean, and one of the reasons sometimes is just to hang out with some friends that are, you know, uh, I might not ever use it again. I just want to just hang out. Right. But, uh, but, but it's a combination of both. Like, so for me, like I, 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 I love boxing. I love everything about boxing. I love Savat. Uh, submission grappling and uh, you know despite all the bashing that people have done with Krav Maga um, there's some like you know there's good and bad and everything I really love Krav Maga for its for for its uh, synthesis like the way they've synthesized a lot of the stuff that you and I've been doing for years you know like they put it together in a very very quick quick easy to easy to uh, pick up kind of format um, and so um, I love that I love the Chinese martial arts like especially the southern styles like uh, Wing Chun and uh, Praying Mantis and so, like, when I train with those players, um, I, I surgically get in there and I want to clean up, say, let's just say if I were to train with a, a, a Wing Chun man. Um, and by the way, I have, a, like, I have a lot of good friends that are Wing Chuners and um, Kung Fu guys. And um, when I go in and train with those guys, I, I'm going in there for two reasons. I haven't seen them in a while. And, 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 and reason number two, um, to strategically and surgically pick up an attribute. You know, mm. and um, like, like, you know, Wing Chun, they love, they love to do that center line, this center line piece. And they've got, they've got like, you know, the, the, uh, the, the Fuxiao, 
um, you know, and the Lotsau, you know, the, the pulling and grabbing. And so when I see all that kind of stuff, I'm thinking immediately my head's exploding and I'm making all these interconnections to Hikite. I'm thinking of centerline striking. I'm thinking crashing and bashing. I'm thinking Nahanshi. But I'm looking at it from a, 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 a Wing Chun lens to inform my karate. So I don't know. Mm. What's your thoughts on that? Yeah, no, well, again, uh, Pete uh, Considine, he studied Wing Chun in Hong Kong. You know, he, he's, um, again, for the same reason, he felt the karate as he was doing at the time, which was very uh, full contact, sport-based stuff. So he felt it lacked that kind of close-range element. So he goes to learn um, um, uh, Wing Chun. And then, again, what he, he, he contextualizes it back into the karate, you see. It does not all. So if you ask Peter what his Wing Chun is, he'll say it's adapted Wing Chun. Because there's certain elements that don't transpose across due to the different ways that you move, the different striking, the different objectives. The other thing that all martial arts do as well, which we have to be mindful of, is that the, the, all of them have an inward focus at a given point. So, like, if you go to, like, yeah, karate guys start wanting to outfight karate guys. Taekwondo guys want to outkick other taekwondo guys. Wing Chun guys want to outtrap <laughs> other Wing Chun guys. So at a certain yeah. point, you go, unless I was playing this game with a yeah. willing participant... The skills are now no longer valid. Same groundwork, same again. So, like, if you think yep. of high, high level groundwork you find in judo or Brazilian jiu jitsu, unless you say, I want to have a, a bout with this person, uh, isn't really relevant. So, again, it's what's relevant to your training. But I, I'm with you completely. Like, so long as you, you, you have a why, it doesn't matter yes. what that why is. So, it could be, yes. I find this fun, it's interesting, it's enjoyable. The people I do it with are fun. So, so long as you've got a clear why, and I think what we're really bad for, and we do ourselves a disservice with this, is we always feel that self-defense is the gold standard and it's the only valid thing. So people right. go, would this work in the street, whatever that's supposed to represent? <laughs> and if it doesn't, oh, yeah. then there's somehow something wrong with it. Well, I, I do all kinds of things where I go, and I, I, I know this is not relevant to self-defense, but I know what is relevant to self-defense. So, you know, right. this fancy kicking thing, I love it for what it is. I don't need to push it in over here where it doesn't belong. Because if I do that, I'm yep. doing a disservice to the other side of the martial arts. And I'm making myself less effect my self-defense less effective by putting things in there that have no business being in there. So I think so long as you've got a clear idea of why you're doing it and you can contextualize, it's all good. Yeah, no, I, I, uh, I, I, I have nothing but smiles because, you know, when, when, you're, when you tell me this stuff... Uh, I'm telling you, like, oh, my gosh, most, in fact, all of the guys that are really close to me in my, in my uh, network of uh, martial artists, they, they speak the same tune. You know, uh, I'm just going to give a shout out to, uh, uh, to one of my JKD friends there, uh, what's it, Mark Medeiros. Uh, he, we, we had, a, it's, what you just said kind of took me back to um, a conversation we had, and he basically says, know your why. Just know your why. You got to know your why. Um, and when you do that, then that uh, opens you up to training with so many people, you know, uh, on, a, on a respectful level and, and uh, you know, vice versa. And if, if both, both, both sides kind of know their whys, then I think that's how we can healthily, you know, promote martial arts. Like, you know, like the, the whole JKD, like to me, I, I find, uh, you know, like the stuff that you're doing um, and, this, and the stuff that all your associates uh, are doing, uh, um, it's kind of like, you know, and not to belittle it, I'm just kind of just making a connection to it. JKD, we're JKDing the heck out of out of what we're doing. We're we're absorbing what is uh, useful. We're 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 rejecting what is useless, and we're, we're adapting and making things our own. Right? Yeah. Um, Which we, we, I agree, I, I, but but I think that 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 concept. I mean, Bruce Lee 
obviously expressed it beautifully. But um, yeah, what, 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 what remind me? You've got the three words on your Karate Unity logo. What what are those again? So you've got um, yeah, just put it up there. So I, I can't quite read it. Yeah. So there we go. L learn, create, and I can't quite make the last one out. Liber liberate. Re liberate. Right. Liber so that's. The, I mean, that's that's the same thing. And I, I've heard it, it's, um, uh, yeah. um, that we are in traditional Japanese martial arts. We have that shu hari idea. Shuhari, copy, yeah. divert, yeah. transcend. When, when yeah. where my, my daughter, when we were looking at the nursery, we we're going to take her to. Uh, I'll walk into the classroom, and the teacher's got written on the board: imitate, innovate, invent. Yes. <laughs> so I went, I went yeah. that's it again. So, so yeah. I, I think any process of learning, you take the knowledge that someone else has already acquired for you. We don't need yeah. to start from scratch with every generation. No field of study does that. You, you, you then test it, empirically see what works for you, see how you can improve on it, and then you make your own contributions to it. So yeah. I, and I think that this is where traditional martial arts often go wrong, is they get stuck in the first phase. It's copy, copy, yeah. copy. What do you mean Shoot. you want to change? Shoot. That's yeah. blasphemy. You know, yeah. And that's never the way it was supposed to be. The irony is as well, people go, I want to keep my style pure. And you go, well, where did your style come from? Well, this master yeah. invented it. Well, he didn't keep things pure, did he? Because <laughs> he, he he went, okay, I'm going to call this. He's going to put a label on it. So that cycle yeah. should be, we should all be JKDing it because it's fundamental to all martial arts, I think, or should be. Yeah, I mean, 100%, 100%. Yeah. It's, it's, it's transferable to... Uh, th that learning paradigm. I mean, I, I've, uh, I've had two careers in my life. This is my last career. Uh, I hope um, I, my first career was a, I was a software developer. Um, uh, I, I would develop uh, code code solutions uh, in particular barcoding solutions for uh, supply chain management and stuff like that. It was a really stressful job. Um, and then, you know, then I migrated into teaching and I've been doing that for the last um, I'd say 14 to 16 years ish. Right. Um, the reason why I mentioned that is because all throughout those two two careers, um, there was lots of learning involved, you know, um, you know, industry based learning that, that I had to do, uh, you know, learn, learn about various softwares and engineering and, and development protocols and all these things. And now with teaching, you know, uh, you know, we, we, we had a lot of PD, a lot of personal development on, you know, teaching methodologies and how to how to how to even learn and teach learning and teaching like teaching is learning and learning is teaching. That's the way I see it. Um, but the point is the shuhari concept to me, like now that I'm aware of it in, in the martial art world, I mean, I'm just saying like, duh, of course, that's how things should be. You know, <laughs> you, you, and, and, and think about it, like from, from a human development point of view, I mean, look, um, we, we're babies. We, 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 we can't express ourselves in language. So we cry and this and that, but um, once we learn a language or once we learn some biomechanical principles of walking and this and that, there's, there's testing, there's testing of that. Like we'll walk a certain way, we'll fall. And then naturally as a human being, we'll learn from that. We'll get hurt, we'll cry. And we'll naturally as a human being make adjustments, right? So uh, to me, this, this process you're telling me is getting me excited to, to share this because I think the martial art world needs to be like, that needs to be pushed out there. Like, look, let's go well, back to how we are naturally, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, the thing I find, and that's bang on that, I love the analogy of the children as well, that really works, I think. But there's this um, uh, strange idea that it's, it's somehow, um, especially in the traditional world, that you're saying you know better than the previous generation. So, so who are you to question master such and such? Well, I'm not. Uh, there's, there's John of Salisbury, right? So there's a, a quote where he said, if I can see so far, it's because I am as a dwarf standing on the shoulders of giants. 
Nice. Right? So, yeah. yeah. So, and I think that's it. So, so if you can see a little bit further, it's not because you're a giant. It's because the the previous generation have elevated you to a certain point. So, modern day yeah. physicists are doing cutting edge research, but and, and but that's because the likes of Newton and Einstein did things prior. So, so, so yeah. we're, we're not betraying our legacy. We're fulfilling it. You know, I mean, how disappointed would you imagine Newton could come back alive today and he can't wait to see all the new scientific discoveries? He says, well, what have you done? Nothing. We have preserved <laughs> Newton Rue. Newton Rue was perfect. We thought you'd want it kept the same. You know, and I can't believe any of the old masters would want it kept identical because they didn't keep it identical. Funakoshi said it. Times change, the world change, and martial arts must change too. So, so yep. that's traditional. The idea of traditional being unchanging is not. That's a pseudo-tradition. That's modern. The true tradition yeah. changes. The true, true tradition of evolves. I always liken it to a yeah. tree, right? So a tree needs strong roots, but the, the whole purpose of those strong roots is to give it grounding, but also to encourage new growth. It draws the yeah. nutrients, the new growth from the roots. So that's what we should do in our karate. I, I fulfill my traditional roots by producing new growth. We should all do it. Uh, that that is really well said. I, I concur. Uh, that's uh, <laughs> I, at least I concur. Okay. Uh, the, the 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 thing is, uh, since we're talking about masters and stuff like that, I, I figured uh, I'll throw a fun little question out there. Okay. So we're gonna play a game of uh, uh, let's be the let's be the master. Okay. So yeah. by the power invested in me in Karate Unity, Ian Abenaki now is Choki Mutubo. Okay. Choki <laughs> Mutubo. Chalky Motobu. I, I always mess up that name. How do you say it properly? Motobu? Motobu? I, 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 I would say Motobu, but either's fine. Motobu. Everyone knows it. Okay, so, okay. so Ian, <laughs> you're Chalky Motobu, all right? And my question is, okay, let's just say I threw, threw let's just say for some reason you wake up in the morning and on your, on your, uh, on your mat, on your tatami, you see, you see that you have a cell phone. So what cell phone would it be? Would you, would you be an Android user or would you be an <laughs> Apple user? And why? And, uh, and frame that around Choki. Go ahead. Yeah. Well, I, so this thing, I've, ne I've never had an Android device. Okay. <laughs> right. So I've always been an iPhone user. And the reason I, I, I like the iPhone is, it's, from my point of view, is it's simple. You've got the same device and the same software running on it, you see. Whereas with the Android things, it gets a little bit more complex. So I, I, I'd have to think. I can't Choking, actually. Would you like the simplicity of the iPhone? Would you like would you like the simplicity of the iPhone, or would you like the versatility of the Android? I'll go yeah. iPhone. Yeah. You think you'd be an iPhone guy? Yeah, I think so because it does exactly what it says without much complication. You know what I mean? So I think that would be the thing. It's simple and direct, yep. and his karate was very much that way. You know what I mean? Straight ahead, full steam ahead. So. Yeah. Nice, nice, nice. Good answer. Good answer. Okay, so we've got, uh, it's 11.12 right now. Uh, we had some technical issues, but then we kind of recuperated. Um, we're almost at that one hour mark. Um, I'm willing to basically take a few questions. Uh, yeah, let's perfect. take a look and then we'll, we'll finish off and close. Unless you want to speak a little bit longer, it's totally up to you. But um, uh, No, okay, just let's whatever it's, uh, yeah, no, I'm good. Okay, so we got a whole bunch of people coming in more. Let's see here. Uh, and, and what's cool is... Uh, there, a lot, a lot of our guests here are are talking to each other, which is nice. Um, so, uh, Riss, uh, pardon my pronunciation. Uh, Rice Rice Clow says, uh, coming from Wing Chun and Dao Ga Kung Fu, uh, we 
we have many concepts, rules that we follow heavily, but I find ways in which they can be altered or broken. Do you have similar takes on your own training? Yeah, yeah. So you've, you've got, you've got you've, uh, a grand believer in principle-based learning. But principles will compete with other principles. So, so, yeah. so, you, so, you, so, for example, one principle would be uh, keep the enemy in front of you, but do not be in front of your enemy, unless you're going to do yeah. a shoulder throw. <laughs> in which case, the principle, <laughs> then the principles of leverage and rotation take over. So, so you, you yeah. can't adhere to all of them at once because it depends what you're trying to do. So, yeah, yeah, there's definitely combative principles, physical principles. And so which one you use and how you use them depends on the objective. If you won, yes, you did yes, it right. Yes. <laughs> um, let's see who else. Uh, see other questions. Lots of comments, a lot of chat among, among the, the people here, which is really nice. Thank you guys for, for doing all this. I really appreciate it. Um, Lee Mullen says hi. Uh, John Tichy is on here. Um, yeah, I don't see any questions here. I think we've answered a lot of the questions. Um, Let's see. Let me jump. Let me pick something here to, to finish off nicely. Uh, and I really don't want to finish off. I'm really enjoying this talk. Um, for real, for real. Like I, I you don't understand. I, I, uh, I, I mean, this is the first time I think I've ever spoken to you in person. Uh, well, yeah, like this, right? Um, and like, it, I feel like I know you because, you know, I have you. Yeah, we've conversed online for a long yeah, time. And yeah. Like we, yeah. We, uh, like we converse on through your forum and, uh, I, I know guys that know you really well, like Les, Les knows you really well. And, yeah, uh, you know, yeah, yeah. We, we're always talking about you, man. And it kind of, you know, I said, no, man, you know what? I have to do this. I got to, I got to, <laughs> I got to hook up this in, in, at the Karate Unity channel. So, so I'm so excited. Yeah, I appreciate but, uh, it. Okay, it's fun. No, absolutely. Okay. So let's finish off with this one. Um, and then, uh, yeah, we've got some closing remarks and we're good to go. So you've written a book on mental strength. Um, which, by the way, I want to pick up because um, I'm, I'm really into this now. I think as a teacher, uh, things like that, like bridging the gap of these kind of concepts uh, and, and just it's good mentoring, you know, for, for students and for martial arts. Um, so you, you've written this book. Um, I'm just thinking it's a, kind of a twofold question. What inspired you to write this? And I'm wondering how, how do you personally navigate through your highs and lows in life? Yeah. So um, okay uh, what inspired, inspired me to write it was, this is Jeff Thompson. I, I, wow. I, I, would, I would, yeah, I would talk to Jeff a lot and we would share our thoughts on the world and people will know how insightful Jeff can be. And he just said, you need to write a book on some of the things you've just been talking to me about. So, so basically Jeff told me to do it. <laughs> so I, <laughs> I, I, and, and I thought it'd be a challenge because I'd written martial arts books before. So but that was the first kind of like mainstream book, if, if, if you like. So, yeah. um, but the, the, the inspiration was basically, you know, yeah, do it. And I really in, in, enjoyed producing it too. So I'm going to make a, an audio version of it. With, well, the shutdown continues. That's one of the projects that yeah. I've had off for a while. So I'm going to try to produce an audio version of the book. But I, I also want to do a little podcast, a shorter one about this navigating highs and lows. Because I, I feel a lot of people are um, going through quite difficult times at the moment. You know, people dying, people sick, people losing jobs, you know. It's, yeah. So, um Fifty odd years of age, all of us, you know, pick up some little nuggets of wisdom along the way. Life's a good teacher, like that. So, in terms of like the, the laws, I think the key thing for me is, has always been. I, I'm, I talk about this week in, in my app. I put a video up. Uh, it, it's just to keep on going. You know, is, is the first thing because um, there's that line from the Churchill says, you know, if you're going through hell, keep on going. So sometimes, you know, it, it, 
life can be really difficult and it can feel like it's crushing you. And it's okay to quit for a day if you need that day under the duvet where you just, I can't, that's fine. But so long as at some point you go, right, okay, I'm just, I'm just going to keep on going. And then the other thing I think is really useful is, is deciding on what is the best move I can make now, right? Because, because I'm a great believer in all these – the only time we have is now, right? And instead I've done something, yes. it's now a past event. And those past events yeah. develop a momentum. So, so for example, if, if I eat junk food every single day in every single now, there's a momentum of past event that will lead to health issues. So I create my own fate. You know what I mean? So that, 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 and, and we all do that for good or for bad all day. Every, every single action you do creates a, a momentum that will drive you forward. So, so, so when you're in these dark times, it's like, what's the best move I can make now to get me to where I want to be? Now, that best move might be get out of bed and get showered or, or have something yes. to eat, cook some food, depending on how bad you're feeling, right? But, but it, yeah. I think so long as you yeah. always do what's the best move I can make today, you're far more likely to get a successful outcome than, than, than not. You don't have to do everything in one go. It, it's these little, little things. And, and for me, in these dark times, it's just doing the little things. I was talking on, on the thing as well. I think in these, these like, and anchoring, for me, my training is my anchor. So when there's turbulent mm. seas and there's everything, I'll, I'll train. Becky tells me all the time, she can see I'm wound up about something or thinking something. She go, Ian, go train. And I hit the bag and some, cat, I throw <laughs> yeah. some weights around and I'm the Dalai Lama. I'm a different guy. You oh, know, for so, sure. <laughs> yeah, tra training has been a big, a big, a big thing for me. But that would be yeah, for the lows, you know what I mean. And, and then for that, for the highs as well is like um, that that enjoy them because nothing is permanent, and, and that's for better or for worse. So the, the bit you know when life is good, make sure you enjoy every single second of it because it's not going to stay that way forever. And if life is bad, don't worry about it because it's not going to stay that way forever. Right, everything passes. Amazing. Oh, I, 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 my takeaway from uh, your answer is basically live in the now, live in the now, uh, go through it and, and enjoy and, and enjoy the highs. Um, you know, cause life is so short, man. Um, oh man, I, I, I want to talk well, all day to you. I do like that phrase, you know, people go like live in the now, live every day as if it's your last, but if you truly did that, it would be your last day. It would be. It would be. Yeah. So, so yeah, it's, it's realizing you know, like in, in, enjoy it. But, but that, that I think it's a, that thought of this idea of the now becoming a past event and the momentum of past events is what determines your future. I think that can be a really useful way of, of thinking. It's certainly been very useful for me. Amazing. Oh man, this has been great. Um, well, guys, we've come to an end to our show. Uh, Ian, oh, thank you so much for your time. Um, I hope no, the audience. Thank you for organizing it. Uh, oh, thank you. I, I hope the audience enjoyed it as much as I did. Um, and guys, don't forget to follow Ian uh, for some amazing karate content on IanAbernathy.com uh, and Ian Abernathy on all the socials, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Uh, I'll put all of that information and all the plugs in there um, in the description. Um, and once again, all of this will be pretty much available to you as soon as I, I click on this. It'll, it'll be all up there. Um, and if you like this show and you want more content on functional karate and cross training, follow me on Karate Unity on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram, and check out my uh, website, which uh, I, I just have up just recently, uh, karateunity.ca. Um, thanks, guys. Chris Hansen here is signing out, and have a great day. Thank you, Ian. I really appreciate that. And Thank you, Chris. Thanks, best. everybody. <laughs> all right. Yeah, so, yeah, we're pretty much done. Uh, I just want to make sure that... Uh,